0: Welcome my friends to the Bob and Brad podcast produced by Bob and Brad, the two most famous physical therapists on the internet in our opinion of course. I am Bob and I am exactly one half of the Bob and Brad team and today we're going to be joined by our expert guest Brad Walker who actually is an expert on stretching, in fact known as the stretch coach. He's got a website fact, stretchcoach.com and he you consider him a stretch guru, he's been working at this for 30 years, um, and he, today we're going to go over what a lot of the myths are about stretching, uh, the untruths, and, uh, and there's a lot of them out there. I mean, you get a lot of different uh, opinions about stretching, and uh, that's what they are, his opinions, and he has gone into the research and looked at it very closely. Um, he, I, I thought you'll also towards the end of the program we're going to talk about how he was involved with uh, Stretch Lab. It's uh, a world leader in providing one-on-one uh, assisted stretching services, and he actually developed the uh, stretching program uh, protocols and procedures that they use. And he also in, uh, created an extensive seventy-hour program that the flexologists um, use to train, uh, to work at Stretch Labs. So just really fascinating stuff, y'all check it out. So again, I hope you enjoy the program. Um, This guy knows what he's talking about. Brad Walker, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me on, Bob. It's a pleasure to be here. I I always
0: like to have people on that are really the expert in their field. And you are the guy. You, You are the stretch coach and stretch guru. And uh, so it, it's really because it, there's a lot of misinformation out there about stretching, as, as I'm sure you're well aware.
1: Yeah, yeah, there certainly is. And I appreciate that. Um, you know, I've dedicated the last 30 plus years um, specifically uh, to stretching and flexibility. And I've, I've seen it all and I've heard it all. So um, unfortunately, uh, it is one area of you know health, fitness, exercise, et cetera, that... Um, uh, you know, unfortunately, has just been misre- misrepresented um, on so many different fronts. And, um, you know, there is a lot of misinformation out there. Um, and I always welcome the opportunity to, um, you know, talk with people like yourself and hopefully clear up some of those myths and misconceptions that are out there.
0: I'm anxious to hear myself what, what some of your answers are because I really don't know what you're going to say. So um, I, I do want to mention your book, though we we did do a video on this the anatomy of stretching i don't know if you can see it okay uh, the the comment i want to make about your book is these are some of the best diagrams i've ever seen with stretching uh, they are so beautifully done and uh, the thing is what i like about it is you know you know I, i'm supposedly should know all the muscles and i do i know most of them but you really when you're doing a certain action it's hard to tell you know what muscles are all doing what you know and and this really clears it up as what's being stretched with what movements and just i mean kudos to you for the uh the person who does your visual visualizations uh, there and so on yeah
1: yeah i oh, look i wish i could take credit for the uh for the diagrams and the drawings but unfortunately if they were left up to me the best you'd get is stick figures so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad someone else did that um, so yeah they've turned out really well I'm, I'm really pleased with them as well. Well wow, the other um, thing yeah. is
0: you have a really nice poster in in, in, the, in the center too so um, you can follow along with that on put it on your wall and, and go to it so and in addition to that you have your website stretchcoach.com and you have a lot of free articles and free videos on there. People can really get a lot of information off of it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've been um, building that website since about 1999. So um, there's a huge collection of uh, articles, information. There's a lot of videos. Um, You know, if you're looking for stretches for a particular muscle group or a particular sport, then there's, um, you know, stretches associated with those things that people can go and uh, check out and have a look. So yeah, there's a, a whole range of, of great information there for people.
0: Yeah, I just uh, I have it on earmarked to watch the one on golf. You got mm-hmm. all the best stretches for golfing, and I got, got to check that out. So
1: yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's one of the most popular videos. Yeah, it was uh, it
0: was on one of the most popular ones. So, yeah. I, I agree. So well, I, I'm just kind of I don't really have an order here. I'm just going to jump in and and. Uh, I know these are some of the topics, obviously, you discussed before, but um, you must have been talking about the, some of the causes of pain and reduced flexibility in middle-aged men. I'm sure that could be middle-aged women, too. But um, what, what would you like to talk about in regard to that?
1: Well, I, I suppose um, you know there's quite a few things that uh, a lack of flexibility can lead to. Um, and that's regardless of, you know, men, women and, and, and ages as well. So, um, you know, the first thing that uh, a lack of flexibility leads to is just a decreased mobility or just the ability to be able to move around, uh, to be able to bend and turn and reach and get in and out of the car or reach up high for something. Um, and, you know, this leads to things like muscle stiffness, um, joint tightness. Um, All of this leads to aches and pains, um, things like fascial stiffness, um, which again, um, creates more limited movement and so forth. Um, And all the other associated soft tissues as well start to tighten up, um, you know, and this can cause all sorts of problems.
0: Yeah, actually, I don't know if you've seen Tom Brady's book. He, I don't know if you know who he is. He's a quarterback and uh, he kind of talked about how much pain he was having prior to doing uh you know basically making his muscles more supple and he uses like a foam roller and and uh what a difference it made you know here he is playing football at the highest level our football mm-hmm. and uh um still doing quite well and and he attributes it all to his exercise program and stretches so
1: yeah, it's great to see athletes like Tom Brady and other athletes that are at sort of the the, the, the peak of their career um, coming out and talking openly about um, stretching, flexibility, mobility, all those activities. I agree. Yes. Um, you know, we haven't really been focused on this side of health and fitness um, before. Uh, most people have been focused on, you know, lifting heavier weights, running faster, pushing, you know, um, always Agreed. pushing the body, go, go, go. Um, and I think people are starting to realise, especially as they get a little bit older, um, that if they want to keep doing those exercises and keep doing all those fun things that they love and enjoy, that they really need to start focusing on their recovery and their rehabilitation and, and exactly. looking, looking long-term and looking um, into their longevity. And um, stretching is obviously, a um, you know, a big part of that. So it's great to see people are, you know, becoming more and more aware of the importance of stretching and flexibility.
0: Yeah. It seems like anytime I read an article about an older athlete, you know, you know and, and now they're really pushing the boundaries in every yeah. sport. Um, but it, it involves, like you said, some t- form of stretching, whether it's actual just stretching or actually foam rolling or using a softball or, or something that they're, they're lying on crossball. cross ball. So um, I, I, I don't know where this question is gonna lead, but um, it was one, uh, how stretching works. What, what are, what's happening with stretching?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, the, the obvious answer is that it makes muscles longer. Um, you know, that's the, sort of the short answer, but there's a lot more sort of going on uh, behind the scenes, um, you know, at a deeper sort of physiological level. Um, so the first thing that stretching helps to do within the muscles uh, is increase the length of the sarcomeres, and the sarcomeres are like little sections within the muscles. Sure. Um, and these sarcomeres are made up of these thick and thin filaments, and and they sort of they they slide together in and out. And when you contract your muscles, they slide in together. So the first thing that happens is when you start stretching, the these sarcomeres are able to move further and further apart. Okay. Um, so that's the first time muscles start to lengthen. Um, another way they start to lengthen is that there's, there's some research out that suggests that the muscle actually grows new sarcomeres. Oh, so there's, there's research um, that's been done on, on, on rats that um, shows that uh, the muscle actually grows new sarcomeres. So that suggests that the same may be also happening with, 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 uh, with us humans as well. Sure. Um, and lastly, we, we just develop uh, a tolerance to stretching. Um, so just like any other form of exercise, if you start going to the gym or you start um, running or riding a bike or whatever you want to do, uh, the body starts to adapt and develop a tolerance to what you're doing. And the same, it's, it's the same with stretching. You actually develop a tolerance to stretching so, you, so that you're able to stretch further. Stretch farther, so sure. um, you know all those things go into sort of making the muscles longer and helping us to increase our flexibility and range of motion.
0: Yeah, the, the body really is amazing. I, I, you know, I still recall this picture I saw in a book where they they showed it was an old fashioned fo- photograph or, or not photograph, but just a depiction artist depiction, and uh, someone had dislocated their hip, and that was way back before they did anything about it and it grew a new joint mm-hmm. where it was i mean that was just amazing to me that it had, the body had basically fastened out a new joint for it uh and the guy apparently was able to walk yet so yeah
1: it's it's an amazing thing the body you know the way it can just adapt and uh right you know and basically improvise on the go to to be able to fix things that um yeah sometimes we just shake our head at
0: Yeah, it's amazing. So do you you want to kind of talk about some of the different types of stretches and um, is there one that you like the best?
1: Yeah, look, it's an interesting question because um, for a lot of people, when you talk about stretching, they just have sort of this fixed concept in their mind of what stretching is. But, you know, most people don't realize that there's about nine or 10 different types of stretching um, and they all have their advantages and disadvantages Um, You know, for example, some types of stretching are more beneficial for warming up and sports performance. Um, Other types of stretching are more beneficial for injury, rehabilitation and recovery. Um, And other types of stretching are more beneficial for uh, increasing flexibility and range of motion. Um, So it's not that, you know, one type of stretching is better than another. Um, They all have their own advantages and disadvantages. And the key is being able to... um, choose the right type of stretching, depending on what you want to achieve and depending on who you're working, um, you know who, who, like who you're doing the stretching on. Um, so, I mean, out of those nine or 10 different types, they can all be broken down into two main categories. Um, The first category is static stretching, um, and that's any any stretching exercise that's done in a static position or without movement. Um, So a couple of examples of that are your sort of traditional static stretching, uh, your assisted or passive stretching, uh, active stretching, isometric stretching. Um, You've also got things like PNF stretching, um, which was developed as a a more of a therapeutic type of stretching. Um, And even within PNF stretching, you've got a number of different techniques. You've got um, sort of the traditional contract relax method. Um, You've got the contract relax antagonist contract method. Uh, there's post-isometric relaxation, there's muscle energy technique. So even within, within one type of stretching, there's a whole sort of subsection of, um, of other types uh, of stretching as well. Um, the other main category um, that stretches, that all stretches fall into is dynamic stretching. Um, and dynamic stretching refers to any stretching exercise that is done with movement. Gotcha. So static stretching, gotcha. movement, dynamic stretching with movement. Um, some examples of, of dynamic stretching are um, a ballistic stretching, uh, traditional dynamic stretching, uh, active isolated stretching, uh, resistant stretching, um, and loaded stretching. So... And there's a whole range of different types of stretching. Um, it's a little bit similar to strength training. You know, there's not just one right. way to strength train. Um, and it's not that one type of strength training is better than another type. Um, and the same goes with stretching. So it's all about matching the right type of stretching to what you want to achieve in the person you're working with.
0: Now, you've worked with uh, professional athletes, correct?
1: And you were, I have done in the past, yep.
0: And you yourself were quite an athlete too, correct?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Many moons ago. Um, yeah, I was a, I was a professional triathlete for a few years. Um, I, I, look, I did okay. Um, I I never really made a living out of it. So I, I don't know how, you know, professional, um, I thought I was, but, um, I gave it a red hot crack. I loved every minute of it. Um, and um, yeah, it was a great time in my life back in my sort of uh, late teens and early 20s. So um, yeah, it's a it, it, it's something that I look back on fondly. Um, I learned a lot um, as an athlete um, sure. and I learned a lot from the athletes that I um, trained with and worked with. So it was a great time.
0: So it, can, can I make the broad statement? Like uh, if you're going to be in a, a sport that involves power, like sprinting, um, is that a case where you'd rather uh, do something dynamic versus static, or can't I make a broad generalization like that?
1: Yeah, look, it's a, it's an area that's um, got a lot of confusion um, around it. It does. Um, there, there there are uh, there are a lot of studies that have um, that have um, you know suggested that or that have concluded that uh, doing intense hold static stretching uh, immediately before power-based activities like sprinting and jumping uh, can have a detrimental, ex- uh, a detrimental effect on explosive power and speed. Sure. The, the, now the, the problem is, is that people have taken those studies and sort of extrapolated them out to mean that you shouldn't do any sort of stretching before uh, any type of exercise. Uh, And that's certainly not what these studies um, have concluded. They've concluded that doing a very specific type of stretching, um, you know, right before another specific activity um, will have a detrimental effect. So um, you certainly can do stretching before um, uh, power-based activities. Um, You know, we can talk about the warm-up a little bit later if you want. Um, or we can go into you know into detail about it now, but is there's, um, there's absolutely no problem at all doing some gentle short hold static stretching early in the warm up, um, but that and then it is important to follow that up with some sort of um, sport specific drills, dynamic stretching, etc. So um, you know, unfortunately, um, a lot of those studies, um, well, unfortunately, what's happened is as people have sort of uh, misinterpreted what a lot of those studies were saying. Um, sure. You know, a lot of people when they refer to studies, they don't actually read the study; they'll just read the conclusion or the abstract. Yeah. Um, and, you know that that doesn't give the context to how the study was um, was conducted, uh, the methods and protocols that were used. Um, and unfortunately, just by reading the conclusion of a study, you don't get the full picture of um, gotcha. you know what actually happened. So. Um, you know that's one of those areas where there's been a lot of uh, misinterpretation.
0: Well, if if you were to do a static stretch, um, how much time would you want to allow before you, you know, before the event? You know, is that is there a number for that or is there?
1: Well, I think probably a more important thing is that there's further research that that that, that has been done that. Um, Um, that concludes that those negative effects of static stretching Uh are totally restored as soon as you do some sort of dynamic or ballistic type type of exercise. Really? Um, So even even if you were to sit on the ground and do 15 minutes of static stretching, which, you know, again – this is another floor of these studies. Um, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the things you need to look at when you are reviewing these studies is what's called the ecological validity of the study, and essentially that refers to how well does the study translate into a real world experience. Um, and a lot of these studies, the way they are conducted, no professional athlete or no athlete who who knows what they were doing would in the way that these studies have done their stretching. So no professional athlete is gonna sit on the sideline for 15 or 20 minutes and do tense long hold static stretching sure. and just jump up and, and, and run onto the field. It's just not the way an athlete would do things. Um, so there are flaws in the studies um, from that side of things as well. Um, but more importantly, getting back to my my, my first point, um, even if you were to sit on the sideline for 20 minutes and do a whole heap of intense static stretching, um, as soon as you got up, did some drills, did some run-throughs, did some sport-specific sort of stuff, included some dynamic-type stretching, um, all those negative effects of the static stretching are totally wiped away and you're ready to go.
0: Oh, thanks for clearing that up because it, it really is a, a point of confusion. Uh, although I do have have a personal experience here so i was young and dumb and i was a, a long jumper and it was before an important meet and i just stretched static stretched and right before and and you know didn't even do any dynamic stretching after that and it definitely affected my performance you know i mean it it just was no spring there so yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, from, from, from that point of view, the, the, um, the studies that have been done on this are totally correct. Uh, sure. If you do that, uh, that, you know, th- that's the result that's going to happen. You, you are going to impair your performance. Sure. Um, but, but, you know, like, like I said, um, most most athletes know that's not the way to do things. Um, and yeah, as long as you follow it up with a bit of dynamic stretching and sort of some ballistic type sport specific movements, you're, you're, you're uh, right to go.
0: So there's really no case where like if you have a high jumper and he wants to maintain the optimal springiness of his like, his calf muscles, he, he still could stretch them and then go into the dynamic portion of it and they'd be just as optimal as they were prior to stretching.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when it comes to a warm up, I recommend that uh, any static stretching you do do, um, you do it very early in the warm up process. Gotcha. Uh, get it done early. Um, you know, include your static stretching early, um, and even with the static stretching you do as part of the warm up, uh, you're just doing it very gently. Um, it's not an intense process, uh, and you're just holding those static stretches for a very short period of time, maybe only four or five seconds. Oh, really? I think this is, yeah, I I think um, another confusion around um, stretching in the warm up. Um, A lot of people have this idea that the reason why you stretch in your warm up is to increase your flexibility, and that's not the case. Um, As far as stretching in the warm up is concerned, it's got nothing to do with trying to increase your flexibility. Um, If you're, you know, sitting there trying to push your stretching, trying to your flexibility as part of your warm-up, um, okay. you've missed the point. Um, the, the only reason you're using some stretching during the warm-up is just to bring your body up to its, its natural or its normal range of motion. Um, you're okay. not trying to push beyond that. You're not trying to um, increase your flexibility in any way. Um, you're just trying to get the body up to what its normal or natural range of motion is, just so you can maximize your performance.
0: Well, what if, let, let's say you're a you're doing the martial arts. And um, would that type of stretching, where you're trying to increase the flexibility, be performed on an off day, like where you do really prolonged static stretching? Or is that still not appropriate?
1: Um, no, that certainly is. But that um, comes back to the point of why you're trying to stretch. So the reason why you're stretching as part of a warm up is very different to why you're stretching to increase uh, flexibility or range of motion. So when it comes to, um, you know, furthering your range of motion and sort of going beyond um, what you're normal, normally capable of, um, then you really need to set time aside to work specifically on your flexibility. Um, now, there's a couple of, there's, uh, you know, a little bit of research out there that talks about the best times for this. Um, Some research suggests that about two hours after your exercise session is a really good time um, to work on your flexibility. Um, That that, that gives the body sort of time to relax, um, you know, time to sort of unwind a little bit and recover a little bit from the exercise you've done. Um, But there's also still some warmth and suppleness uh, in the muscles and so forth as well. Um, Straight after your exercise uh, as part of your cool down um, isn't necessarily one of the best times to try and increase your flexibility. Um, Obviously straight after your workout or your exercise, your muscles are fatigued. Um, Oftentimes there's there's, there's damage within the muscles and micro tears and so forth. Uh, And if you try and stretch too intensely immediately after your exercise, you can actually damage the muscles further. Um, so that's why waiting uh, at least an hour or two after you exercise just gives the muscles a little bit of time to relax and recover. Um, the other really good time um, for stretching as far as uh, increasing your range of motion and so forth uh, um, is concerned uh, is right before you go to bed at night. Um, so oh, really? if you have the chance to sort of sit on the floor before you go to bed, um, my wife and I, we usually end the day um hour or so of tv we like to sit down and watch a little bit of comedy or something light-hearted um, yeah. and i'll often sit on the floor and um underneath my couch i have a whole range of massage tools and foam rollers and trigger point balls and stretch straps and all this sort of stuff uh, and i'll just sit on the floor and stretch for a little while um, and that works at a couple of different levels um, uh, essentially that increased range of motion is the last thing your nervous system remembers before going okay. to sleep. By sort of resetting um, the, the, the nervous system's uh, memory of what your flexibility is. Um, sure. The other benefit of stretching late at night is that um, the body does most of its healing while you're sleeping. So those soft tissues are actually healing in an elongated state, uh, an elongated state. Um, so again, it's it's sort of resetting what your normal flexibility is. So uh, right before you go to bed, um, it's a great way to unwind. It's a great way to relax, yep. you go to sleep. Uh, you'll probably find that you actually get a better sleep after yep. a bit of a stretch. Um, uh, so that's one of my favourite times to stretch. Um, and you know, telling someone that they need to take half an hour out of their day uh, is just almost an impossibility today. Everyone's right. very, and uh, you know, expecting to uh, expecting someone to set aside half an hour uh, during the middle of the day is almost impossible. So uh, if you've got the opportunity late at night before you go to bed, it's a great way to sort of unwind uh, and get ready for bed.
0: Yeah, I, my house must look like yours because I have devices all over too. So I wonder, you know, it makes me think too, uh, didn't you have a a program on plantar fasciitis am i wrong about that did you have Um, i
1: i I do have a couple of articles that talk specifically about fascia and fascial stretching and so forth Uh, i don't necessarily have a product specifically for that but um Um, there's a few articles on the side about that
0: i just i wonder if it, it would be a good time to to stretch the plantar fascia you know right before we go to bed and then we always recommend you stretch it in the morning too after it's been healing all night, but uh, I never thought about that uh, the prior to bed thing. So, um, so I kind of jump around here, but I'm going to go back to the uh static stretching or preparing for athletic event. Um, how long will you hold the stretch for just three to four seconds?
1: Yeah, so as part of the warm up, um, there's no need to hold those static stretches for very long. So, I, I recommend. Um, I, I typically break my warm-up into four main components. There's firstly sort of an aerobic or cardiovascular uh, part of the warm-up, just where you're getting the, getting the heart rate up, getting the respiratory rate up, getting the blood pumping, um, and then incorporating a little bit of a very gentle uh, short-hold static stretching. So there's only, you only need to hold those stretches for four or five seconds. Again, we're just loosening up those muscles. We're not, uh, we're not trying to increase the flexibility there. Uh, And then after, after we've done a little bit of static stretching, then move into those sports specific drills, lastly, that dynamic stretching, that'll that'll, that'll bring, uh, you know, bring your body right up to that um, readiness state and, um, you know, ready for any activity that you're, uh, that you're about to do.
0: How how often do you repeat the three to four seconds? Is it just a couple of times, or
1: yeah, yeah, just a couple of times? Um, you know, as far as stretching during the warm up or the or the static stretching in the early part of the warm up is concerned, um, you know, it's not a it's it's not a major part of the warm up. Uh, it's just an opportunity to loosen up some of those major muscle groups that are going to be used. Um, so again, you know, you have to look at. Um, the sport you're actually doing, um, and just pick you know a few of the muscle groups that are going to be most relevant for whatever you're going to be doing, um, and start to loosen those those muscle groups up. Um, or on the other hand, you know if you have a particular area that you know is typically tight, um, you know, um, example, I find that your hip flexors um, and quads get a bit tight while you're exercising, um, so just spend a little bit of, uh, of time on those areas.
0: So do you find that stretching helps prevent uh, soreness and injury?
1: Um, Yeah, look, you know, stretching by itself um, has limited uh, effect on on muscle soreness um, after after exercise. Um, But, you know, when you incorporate it as part of a cool down, um, include a little bit of stretching um, as part of your cool down after your exercise, then it can be very effective um, when it comes to relieving muscle soreness and so forth. Um, But in in, in regards to actually preventing injury, um, there is a lot of research that says um, stretching does prevent injury uh, in the long-term. I think, again, it is an area of a little bit of confusion. Um, Some of the studies that have been done on stretching um, in regards to preventing injury um, have used a particular type of stretching that isn't necessarily suited for this purpose. Um, And what I mean by type of stretching, I'm not necessarily referring to the types that I mentioned before. Um, They're they're using um, what's called acute stretching as opposed to chronic stretching. So acute stretching is essentially just a one-off bout of stretching before or after exercise. Um, So, for example, a lot of these studies have um, uh, you know, taken two groups of people. Uh, one group of people do no stretching after their exercise, uh, and then the other group do some stretching after their, uh, their after their exercise. And they found that there's very little difference between the two groups. Um, so, um, just a one-off out of stretching after exercise isn't really going to do um, too much for you. On the other hand, there's been a lot of research done in regards to chronic stretching and chronic stretching refers to stretching done over an extended period of time. So done over weeks and months and so forth. So mm-hmm. when those studies have looked at um, groups that have done, um, you know, for example, say three half hour stre- uh, sessions of stretching a week for three months, then they found some big improvements in in regards to um, both um, performance, uh, athletic performance, and uh, reduction. So it's really important to distinguish between, you know, the way that you do your stretching. Um, you know, a one-off bout of stretching after exercise is, isn't going to do anything for you. Um, I suppose it's it's like any type of exercise. If if you were to say that. Um, uh, if you were to tell someone to do, you know, a set of, of squats, lunges and pushups um, before they run onto the basketball court, um, that's not really going to do anything for them. It's probably going to hurt their basketball performance. And it's exactly the same with stretching. Just doing a one-off out of a few quad and hamstring stretches before you run onto the field uh, isn't going to do too much for you. But if you do a strength training program, Um, you know, three times a week uh, employed over three, six, 12 months, then you're going to see and and great benefits. And it's exactly the same stretching. Um, You know, a one-off bout of stretching isn't going to do much, but a consistently applied um, stretching program over the long-term has some really benefits and and big, big improvements.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm just, thinking about two commonly injured muscles like the calf muscles and also the hamstring you know you have the weekend athlete who plays softball or something like that and runs to first base and suddenly he's grabbing his hamstring or grabbing his calf i mean what in, you know what long term suggestions would you make for these people to avoid something like that
1: yeah so um... Improved flexibility is definitely going to help over the long term, um, but again, you know, stretching is just like any other type of exercise. You can't expect to, um, you know, do a do a, a session of stretching one day and um, see massive gains the next day. Sure. Um, you know, an, anyone who starts a strength training program, they understand that it's going to take a little while to see improvements, um, and it's exactly the same with stretching. Um, I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm the first to admit. At, um, I am biased towards stretching. I've dedicated my whole life to it. Um, you know, I'm I'm personally biased to it. I'm professionally biased to it. I'm even financially biased to stretching. So, yes. you know, I'm i I should be out there spruiking stretching um, as much as I can. But I'm I'm the first person to admit that stretching is 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 not a miracle activity. Um, it's not um, it's it's not a quick fix for anything. Uh, It's like any other form of stretching, uh, any other form of exercise. Uh, If you want to see improvements in your flexibility, then it's something that you need to work at consistently over the long term. Um, You know, you're not going to do a one-off bout of stretching and huge advantages. So it's something that you need to incorporate to your exercise program over the long term.
0: Sounds sounds perfect. I want to talk to you about... um... I don't know if you know Kelly Starrett, the, the author of The Supple Leopard.
1: And yes, yep. yep.
0: So he, he talks about muscle being like a rubber band and the, uh, a rubber band that's thick on one portion and maybe thin on another portion. And so if you just do like a static stretch, the stretch is going to occur on the thin portion. Do you think that's a good analogy? I mean, uh, and so he that's why he tends to use uh, lacrosse balls and... He's got all sorts of torture devices uh, for stretching. So yeah,
1: yeah. Look, I mean, I think I mentioned before. You know, um, stretching by itself, um, you know, essentially has limited benefits. It certainly has a lot of benefits, but they are limited. Um, stretching when combined with a number of these other activities, um, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of using heat um, when you're stretching. Sure. Um, so. Uh, You know, if you are planning on doing a stretching session and you want to work on a specific area, uh, then grab a heat pack, put some heat on that area for five or 10 minutes
0: uh, and then go in and
1: stretch. Um, You know, I I use foam rollers, trigger point balls, uh, massage tools, um, massage rollers and sticks and all that sort of stuff. Um, So when you combine all those things together, uh, you'll get a much better result. Um, A lot of times I tell people that stretching is like the icing on the cake and all these sort of mobility exercises, foam rollers, trigger point balls, etc. They're they're all like the icing on the cake. They all complement everything else you're doing and they make everything else you do a lot more effective and a lot more better. Um, So, yeah, by incorporating stretching and mobility tools and drills and all that sort of stuff, um, it really complements everything else that you're doing.
0: Sure. Would you, like, let's say you find a sore spot on your quad when you're rolling it, uh, would you keep working that spot until the feels like the pain level has gone down or do you have any suggestions on how long you would roll over an area like that or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, there's a couple of, a couple of things you need to look at when you're talking about using stretching um, on injuries and so forth. Um, you know, you do need to be careful when it comes to, um, you know, using stretching, uh, on injuries, um, as a general rule, if the, if the injury is in the acute phase, in other words, if there's a lot of pain, a lot of swelling, uh, any inflammation and that sort of stuff in the injured area, then it's best to just avoid, um, all types of stretching. Um, you've just got a tight spot somewhere or a little ache or pain, or you know, you've been for a run and you've noticed that your, your quads just tightened up a little bit, a little bit more than usual, um, then yeah, there's no problem um, using stretching on that area. Um, again, I would recommend that maybe you start with some heat, put some heat on it for five or 10 minutes, sure. uh, roll it out with the foam roller, or maybe the, uh, you know, a mass, um, a, uh, massage tool. Um, I've got one of those massage sticks. I think it's called a range roller. Yeah. I know um,
0: totally.
1: yeah, it, it, You know, it's great. I'd, I'd work that area a little bit and I'd go into some stretching, start off with some light, gentle Static stretching, um, and then you can, um, you know, a, a, as the pain uh, goes down, then you can get a little bit more intense with your stretching.
0: Do you do you want to talk about, uh, you know, maybe sleep and recovery of, of muscles a, a little bit?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think um, you know, sleep is another area that's uh, very under under appreciated, uh, not only mm. with athletes, I think with um, you know with uh, with most people in general. Right. Um, you know, I think it's. Fun that, um, you know, when you're hungry, uh, you eat. Um, When you're thirsty, you drink. But when we're tired, we grab a Red Bull or a coffee or a a Snickers bar or whatever and, um, you know, just push through it. Right. Um, You know, and I think a a lot of people um, are so chronically tired uh, that they don't even realise, you know, how tired their body actually is. Um, And sleep is just so important to our recovery um, and and especially long term when you get to the point where you have long-term sort of chronic uh, sleep deprivation um, and and you know we do a very good job of, of hiding it these days with uh, you know with coffee and all sorts of energy drinks and so forth um, and uh, you know I think I think you um, You know, unfortunately, um, you know, maybe we're gonna see or start seeing some more long-term effects of sleep deprivation. Um, And, um, you know, I suppose things like um, aches and pains and just chronic, um, you know, tight spots and stiffness and that that just won't go away, um, you know, can be attributed to a lack of sleep and a lack of recovery.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, LeBron James, I was reading, I mean, on a night of performance, he'll go get 10 to 12 hours of sleep after that. I mean, he greatly appreciates the, the recovery. Load.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Look, most of the, I mean, most of my work with athletes was with uh, endurance athletes, um, cyclists, sure. triathletes, etc. cetera. And um, you know, they, they regularly get 12 hours of sleep a night and even have a nap every now and again wow. during the day. So um you know, I mean, most of the guys I, work, I was working with were training, you know, 20, 25 hours a week plus. Um, so, yeah, they, you know, sleep, they, they all knew how important sleep was, how important their recovery was, how important, um, you know, other things to their recovery was, uh, getting regular massage, um, doing all the stretching, the foam rolling, the trigger point work, all that sort of stuff. Um, you know they knew how important all that was. So um, you know, sleep is just one area that's so important to recovery, uh, did you not get only for into, athletes but for did, all of us.
0: Did you get into nutrition at all for muscle recovery?
1: Um, yeah. Look, um, you know, again, um, yeah, look, I'm I'm certainly not a nutritionist, and and you know, I can only. Sort of give my personal experience. This certainly isn't advice or anything. Sure. The other thing you got to remember is, you know, I worked mainly with endurance athletes, so right. it, you know the diet for an endurance athlete was very different to the in diet the diet for a, a power lifter or a fit person. Absolutely or
0: correct. Yeah, I understand. Um, but
1: but yeah, obviously, you know, diet was was hugely important, and um, you know, something that uh, every athlete I worked with took very very seriously. Sure understand understand
0: do you, do you like vibrating foam rollers at all do you think they yeah. a little more zip
1: um yeah yeah look they certainly have their place um you know I've, I've tried the vibrating foam rollers the trigger point balls um the other thing i've used uh recently is those uh massage guns yeah um, so very div um i've been doing some work with a company called stretch lab uh, in the u.s and they have um stretching studios where you can go in a little bit like a massage um, studio you go in you lie down on a bench and one of the therapists uh, stretches you out Um, and we've introduced those uh, those massage guns there to help with the uh, with the stretching that we do Um, so uh, you know all the therapists are taught to to look for look for tight spots look for imbalances look for areas that have restricted mobility Um, And then, um, you know, uh, stretch those particular areas. But if they come across an area that's particularly tight or they're having trouble with, then they'll pull the massage gun out, uh, work on that area for a little while and then go back to the stretches. And that's opening up those areas, those tight areas.
0: Now, you you consulted with this company, correct?
1: Yeah, correct. So I started working with them back in uh, 2017. um, And I developed um, all the stretching protocols that they use uh, in their studios. Um, So all the stretches that they use the routines that they use. um, And I also developed their, uh, their training program. So it's a 70 hour uh training program that the therapists go through. Um, the, the, the therapists that they hire are already highly skilled uh, either massage therapists. So we have actually have a few physical therapists that work sure. there. Um, we have uh, certified personal trainers, athletic trainers, etc. So they're already very highly skilled people uh, coming into the coming into stretch lab. Um, and then on top of that, they go through our 70-hour uh, training program. Gotcha. Um, and then, you know, they start to work on, uh, on the people that, uh, that come into Stretch Lab.
0: Where are they located? Um...
1: Well, actually, we, we have um, over 100 uh, locations opened uh, in the U.S. at the moment. Um, and we, we've sold another, another 200 that are sort of expected to be open over the next um, uh, year or two um so yeah i mean the, the only suggestion I, I would make is go to the website stretchlab.com uh, uh, they have a, a location um finder thing there you can put your zip code in or your, what, your sure. whatever area you're in and, and you can find uh hopefully you can find a studio uh, fairly close to where you are
0: so uh, how do they I, i'm sorry for going off in this direction but i find this fascinating so do they have you come in once a week and then they give you stuff to work on your own or, or how, how, how do they work generally?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So most people uh, either sign up for a once a week or twice a week uh, session Um, sessions are either 25 minutes or 50 minutes. Um, yeah, you come in. Uh, we do. Uh, we do a very comprehensive assessment on um, of on all the people that come into the into um, a stretch lab studio. Um, one of the things when I came on board, I made it very clear that I didn't want um, uh, you know a cookie cutter approach sure. where everyone who came in just got the same stretch. Um, so we spend a lot of time on assessment. Um, we have some proprietary. Um, technology there that we use that uses um, a combination of video and um, radar sonar technology um, that's able to map uh, the movements of the client Uh, and it shows up uh, areas that have restricted mobility, um, uh, um, postural uh, problems that the client might have, um, symmetry problems, uh, you know, imbalances between one side of their body uh, and the other. Um, And on top of that, um, the therapists go through an assessment with the client. Um, So we look to to sort of identify all those those weak spots or those tight spots, um, any imbalances from one side of the body to the other. So it's it's quite common for for people to be more flexible on one side of the body than the other. Um, Or, you know, maybe they're more flexible in the front of their body compared to the back of their body. Um, So the therapist assesses all this. Uh, and then we put together a program that's specifically for that client so we work on all those tight spots we work on those imbalances um and we spend you know as much time as we need on to uh, as we need to get rid of all those imbalances before we sort of go on um and start to improve their flexibility sort of globally um all over their body i think you know
0: fascinating
1: yeah. Yeah. We've, you know, we've had, uh, we've had people in the studio. We've had from young kids, right, right through to the nineties. Um, you know, we've got a sure. few clients in the nineties that um, that come in on a regular basis. Um, it's, it's an amazing thing to see people that have never done any sort of flexibility work in their life. Sure. Uh, you know, never been involved in any sort of agility based exercise or anything like that. Um, and all of a sudden they're uh, coming in and improving their flexibility and just how it's translating into everyday uh, activities. Um, You know, most of the people that come into Stretch Lab aren't athletes. Um, You know, they're just general day people. Uh, Maybe they spend 40, 50, 60 hours a week behind a desk. Um, We have people that come in that spend a lot of time driving uh, in cars and trucks and that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and, and just the difference it's making to their lives in just being able to get around and be more mobile. It's uh, it's fantastic to see. How,
0: how long does that assessment take for most people?
1: Uh, the assessment, yeah. Look, the assessment's a fairly quick process. Um, so, firstly, we do a verbal assessment. Uh, then we um, then we get uh, get the client in front of our um, technology that uh, maps their movement patterns. Um, And that, that only takes about uh, 90 seconds for them to go through a few exercises, a few and then, and then as the therapist is working with them, um, you know, they're always looking for those areas, Um, you know, obviously they take the information that they got from the, uh, from the assessment. um, And then they use that to sort of, you know, further uh, their assessment of the client and, and identify these different areas.
0: So does the client get feedback then too? Like if I don't know how your assessment works, but let's say you have you have them put their arms overhead and they can kind of go this far. I mean later on are they shown the video that they're going further? Or, or?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, again, the the technology is, is a marvelous piece of equipment. Um, you know, it emails all the results to the clients. Uh, we oh, typically cool. sort of re, re, um, reassess the clients every six weeks or so, uh, so they can see the improvements. Um, the great thing about the technology is it actually quantifies their, their improvements. Um, so, I mean, stretching is great. You go in and have a stretch, you get off the bench, you get up and you feel good and that's great. Um, but to, to actually put a number to it and to be able to say that, you know, I, my, my score out of 100 improved from, you know, 38 to 43 um, over the course of six weeks and they can actually see that improvement. They can see sure. where that improvement's occurred. Um, it's a great thing for the clients. Do you use heat there also? Um, we don't use heat. Um, you know, unfortunately, just with the limited time span, sure, right. um, you know, we, 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 we go through a very sort of general um, sort of mo- mo- mobility sort of warm up um, as the client gets started. So, um, you know, we ease the client into it. Um, but yeah, look, there's a lot of things, you know, we, we sort of discussed, uh, including a number of, of different things like heat and, and, and a whole range of other different tools. Um, and we we decided that we wanted to say, sort of stay, uh, just with stretching. Um, so, um, yeah, that's sort of the main focus. People come in for a 50 minute session and they really get, uh, very close to 50 minutes of stretching.
0: Are are they in the UK too yet or, or not?
1: Um, not yet. Um, franchise-wise, I think we've just started opening studios uh, in Canada, um, and we've just launched in Australia as well. So I'm pretty excited about that being down here, um, getting to sort of start again and uh, and get uh, get the studios opened up down here in Australia.
0: Well, I thought you were from Australia, and I asked Mike this morning, he said UK. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> from the Australia. Well, Australia. He's he's blaming it on Chelsea now, so
1: yeah, yeah, oh. uh, yeah. I think uh, John and Chelsea, the, the publishers of uh, of, of uh, of my book, right. there, yeah, they're, they're, they're in the UK. Um, yeah, oh, so sure. it doesn't matter where, where we're located these days, uh, with technology, that's and exactly that right,
0: way. that's exactly right. So, um, you know, one of the best things you told me today and it makes complete sense. I
1: don't know why I ever thought about it
0: is the, the use of heat prior to stretching. I mean, just I don't know why I didn't suggest that before. It just makes such such sense. So, um, yeah. uh, we, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to ask one more question about those clinics or those flexibility. What was the name again? Flexibility? Uh,
1: stretch lab.
0: Stretch lab. Um, so like, let's say someone comes in with uh, back pain or mm-hmm. knee pain, um, you, you, you'll keep all that in mind too, as far as limitations or what you can't do and can do
1: yeah yeah for sure i mean stretch lab it's not an injury treatment provider so there certainly are limitations you know in 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 what we can do Um, obviously if we feel that um, a client uh, is sort of beyond um, the help of what we can provide we'll we'll refer them on to someone like yourself or uh, you know a, a whoever they need to see. Um, But yeah, we, we often have people come into uh, come into the studios with all sorts of aches and pains and um, you know, maybe they're recovering uh, from an injury. Um, You know, uh, a lot of the studios do um, sort of joint ventures with local chiropractors, physical therapists, massage therapists, et cetera. And, you know, we'll refer clients to them and they'll refer clients to us. Um, so we'll, we'll oftentimes have people coming in with all sorts of aches and pains uh, and we take all that into account um, and, you know, we develop a stretching routine or a program around those injuries and aches and pains to help them with that.
0: I think it's, a, you know, and I, I know you know this, but it's just amazing. Like, let's say you're having knee pain and, and let's say it's even arthritis. You stretch the muscles above the knee and below the knee it's amazing the effect it can have on that joint. I mean, it could really knock your pain down.
1: Oh, oh, it is, it's, it's, it's really surprising for a lot of clients. Um, you know, They don't realize that when the muscles tighten up, they put all sorts of stress and strain on those joints. Um, you know, you mentioned the knee before, I mean, you have tight quads, you can have tight groin muscles, you can have tight uh, ITB uh, or tensor fasciae latae, the muscles on the, the, the outside of your hips there. If any of these tighten up, they can pull on that knee joint and sort of twist it and turn it in all yes. sorts of uh, uncomfortable ways. And as soon as you loosen those muscles up and take some of that pressure off the knee joint, it can really make a huge difference to someone suffering with, uh, you know, with with knee pain.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Sometimes you you question whether or not it's really the arthritis. That's that's the problem. I mean, you, you know, which we see in therapy all the time is that they'll do an MRI of both knees and the one that looks the worse feels okay and the one that feels terrible it looks better. And so yeah. the soft tissues around it are playing such a large role. So,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it probably feels better because they're using those muscles more. They're getting more activity, more blood flow. They're more supple, more, more pliable. Um, so they're putting less pressure on the knee joint um, so it's not resulting in pain, whereas the other one it's tight and it's stiff and it's pulling the knee in all sorts of different directions, and that's the one that's causing all the pain. Gotcha.
0: Well, I I want to be respectful of your time, so um, I, I do want to mention this book again. Anatomy of Stretching, again, really excellent book. And but you've got other books too. You um, and I mean, if someone goes on to Amazon, and and types in your name, Brad Walker, you're gonna. You're going to see why you have five, six books, don't you?
1: Yeah, I've got about, I've written about a dozen or so books over the last 20 or 30 years, Uh, about seven or eight of them are still in print. Um, So there's a few on Amazon there. Uh, There's a few on my website at stretchcoach.com. So yeah, they're all written for, you know, while most of them are focused on stretching and flexibility, they're all written for different purposes and for different people. Um, so, you know, the book that you've got there, the anatomy of stretching, um, what I've tried to do with that one is take a lot of the sort of the scientific research and the, you know, the complicated, um, stuff that no one really wants to read. Um, and I've tried to simplify it as best I can and put it in a format that, um, you know, just about anyone can understand and benefit from.
0: Yeah, it's definitely for the layperson. I mean, uh, although the professional can benefit from it too, I mean, I nothing else, it really uh, when you're working with patients, you can really show how you're stretching. My wife is just was famous for this. Like she whenever she would uh, be stretching her adductors, she thought she was strengthening them. I don't know why. It was, <laughs> so she needed a book like this to explain that to her. So well, thanks again, Brad, so much for being on. If you ever want to come on again, like I, I know you got a, a book that's out, but it's kind of being redone. Uh, we'd l- love to have you. Um, you just—it's—it's it's really nice to get some of these issues cleared up, and uh, people really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I—I I appreciate you having me on the show. Um, you know, I, I, it's really—you uh, know—a passion of mine to sort of get rid of some of the confusion around stretching and flexibility. Um, unfortunately, because of the confusion, uh, you know, a number of people have sort of dismissed uh, stretching and flexibility. Yep. hope hoping- turn that around a little bit and uh you know explain that um you know there are some benefits to stretching um you know it's more it's more about how you do it and uh you know the different types of stretching and 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 how you use those Um, so yeah hopefully we've uh we've you know cleared up a few misconceptions and um you know helped a few people in regards to stretching and flexibility